Nora. It's taken me a while to get the courage to call. I know we can't talk here. I miss you. I just needed to hear your voice. I need to see you. I've made my decision. I need to see you now. Please, Klaus, come to Norway. It was a rainy day in September. A waterlogged field in the middle of Hampshire was the setting for a political rally. The crowds were assembled and full to the brim of ideological positive energy. Their speaker of the afternoon was waiting in the wings of the makeshift stage, full of confidence, full of ambition. As he approached the microphone, the crowd roared. Citizens, this is Albert Fintz, your ambassador, your friend. It is an honour to be with you today. Why do we struggle? Why do we suffer? Why? Because we have hope. Because we know deep down in our hearts that this life is worth fighting for. The bureaucrats would have you think otherwise. They would have you believe that this is the best that you can hope for. That your life is not worth mentioning. That your thoughts are not worth listening to. Your dreams are just that. Idle thoughts never to become a reality. I say they are wrong. I say we can and will do better. I look at you today and it fills me with hope. I promise to fight every day for you, the people. Have no doubt, I will listen. I do care. My enemies, which are many and great, do not scare me because I know we stand together and together we are strong. The road ahead will certainly not be an easy one, but we must keep true to ourselves. This rain is washing away our sin. This storm will break and we will emerge in the glorious sunshine of prosperity for centuries to come. You have stood by me and I will continue to stand by you. Whatever troubles lay ahead, we fight them together. Albert took a bow and left the stage his stride infused with the power of influence. He felt more than alive and ready to conquer. A sleek black car was waiting for him, its engine purring. The driver opened the back door and as Albert got in, 
he glanced back momentarily to absorb even more of his self-generated adjuration. Excellent speech. Are you sure you can deliver what you promise? Those people will expect results. Come on, Byron. You know me by now. Do I ever fail to deliver? Get my brother on the phone. It's urgent, Klaus. I mean it. Come to the house. Well, I'll put it this way. Option one, you can come to the house. Or, option two, I'll track you down and I'll drag you to the house, kicking and screaming. Well, I guess it's option two. Byron, go get him and be quick. My pleasure. Vince was very different to his brother Albert. He was the younger of the two and was always treated as such. He was a drifter, feeling ill at ease lingering in one place for too long. At this point in time, Klaus was staggering around the back alleys of Camden Town. After a few solitary pints in a lowly biker metal bar, his thirst grew more and more insatiable. With blurred vision, complete lack of control and a desperate sole purpose of increasing his already high consumption of narcotics, he made his way. It was too late and the wrong part of town for his usual dealer, so he had to resort to hunting instincts. It came very naturally to him. He could taste the promise of hedonism in the air. He was also trying to avoid his growing and considerable debt to a variety of dealers and lowlifes that were on the brink of taking blood instead of cash. As always, his fear of them dwindled away into the evening drunkenness. The alleyway he now found himself in front of beckoned him in. He lit a cigarette and took a puff of courage. He began to walk into the darkness the music spilling out onto the streets from the overcrowded bars began to get more faint and suddenly he could feel his heart beat in his head. He began to make out the silhouette of a man standing alone. He took a chance. Hey, excuse me, hey, mate, listen you, you know where I can score? The figure stood motionless silent. Come on, man. Look, I've got cash. I'm good for a gram or two. Come on. I know you've got some. Here, here, look. Klaus reached into his pocket and presented a very modest wad of cash. It can't have been more than a hundred and was supposed to last him the rest of the week. 
he knew of a free bar at a nearby house party, so he'd be okay for booze. If he could just get some powder or pills, anything would do. Sorry. No can do. I'll take the cash, though. <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. No worries, then. You know anyone dealing? It's rude to laugh when I ain't joking. Okay, man. Thanks anyway. The drugs began to fade as panic started to kick in. Klaus was many things, but he was not a fighter, and in his stupor he might not be able to outrun his soon-to-be assailant. Maybe he could just hand over the cash, but then how would he get his stash for the night? Then, to make things worse, footsteps in the direction he came from. Multiple footsteps. Alright boys, this guy's got some cash for us. Then he has some bones that need breaking. No, please, just take it, take it please. Too late now. It did ask nice. Now we get nasty. Klaus was surrounded and succumbed to a ball on the floor, praying for it to be over quick. As he braced himself for the first punch, the unexpected happened. He heard bones break, but they were not his. crisp clear morning, very different from the night before. There was a freshness in the air, a new beginning, an opportunity for growth and change. The two brothers were reunited again, not through either's choice. Wakey wakey. Uh, uh, what happened? Where am I? Am I dead? You wish. 
You're back home, where you belong. You're a difficult man to find. Hey, he hit me. That giant. Knocked me out cold. I've told you before. Don't annoy him. I didn't. Well, you annoyed me. So it's the same thing. Albert lived in a huge ten-bedroom mansion on the outskirts of London. It was quiet, private and secluded. Some would find it isolating, but not Albert. In truth, he disliked company, especially for any length of time. Greed and ambition are powerful motivators, and he forced his doors open for his younger brother. I'm going to say some things that you won't like, and you're going to sit there, and you're going to listen to them. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace to our family. I know more about you than you think I do. And I do not like what I've seen. I do everything I can to keep you safe. Out the media. Away from police and prosecution. Away from these ludicrous situations you put yourself in. What thanks do I get? You're in this for you, Albert. I've never asked you for anything. I can look after myself. Oh yeah, like last night. You almost got your head caved in, and for what? A cheap thrill. Look at yourself. Look at state of you. Nobody's perfect. You're wasting your life, Klaus. It's sad. I'm trying to help you. I know we've never been close, but I care about you. I'm fine. Thanks for your concern. I'll let myself out. You're going nowhere. I'm a prisoner now. No. I can't just lock you up. But I have a reputation, Klaus. How can I hope to lead this country with an embarrassment like you running round? I wouldn't last five minutes. All that work I've done. All gone. Because of you. Don't you see? Yeah. It's all about you. You're wrong, as always. It's about the future of this country. And I can't let you get in the way of that. So what? You're gonna get that monster to wipe me out of existence? What do you take me for? You're my brother. I'm offering you a chance. A job. A job? That's a joke. I'm not interested in politics. I've got a job anyway. Painting a pretty picture every six months and then selling them cheap for drug money is not what I call a job. Well, it is for me. Well, it's not a job in politics anyway. It's an international shipping. Transport of goods, to be more precise. What? My own shares in this distribution company. They're looking to expand and we need more people. I think it'd do you good. It's simple work, but well paid. And you get to travel. Really? Yeah, trust me. This will open up doors for you. Get you back on your feet. It'll be good for you. I promise. This will change everything.
Conrad was deep in the bowels of the windmill, the furnace room. The wicker basket containing Albert's dissected body was stacked on top of a mountain of fuel. Conrad was awash with grief. He always felt it. He never got numb of death. The funerals took their toll each and every time. He lit the fire. Albert, I wish you a peaceful journey to the next place. Thank you for your note. I will keep it until my time comes. I hope we meet one day. Rest in peace. Thank you.